So thank y'all for being with us today. <laughs> and for the last umpteen weeks and on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the two parts of life and receiving. And yesterday we talked about don't drop the past. Don't drop the past. And uh, it was really good. And I'll tell you a story about that as well. But one of the things that we were showing is that the Lord has basically sent blessings from heaven on a regular basis. There's some things that are ongoing, like our salvation, our healing, our prosperity, our deliverance, restoration, and protection. All of those are the part of salvation. Those are gifts that are built in, and those blessings that are outstanding, they're waiting on us to receive them. And we know that in Mark 11, uh, 24, it says, believing that you have received them, which means to take possession of it. We also know that the word says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Mm -hmm. So what it's talking about is when you have a lack from a corrupted world system, the way, God's way that he's already predetermined to work is by faith, and faith takes possession. So uh, it's not something where God just comes along and we're waiting on God to zap us and bless us. No, he's released the blessing, and we have to take possession of it by faith. So what we did was we used the example of a wide receiver in a football game. And uh, God is you know, a quarterback looking to show himself strong on somebody's behalf who will receive the blessing. We've got to become very good receivers. And uh, God's pass of his blessings is always on target. It's always on target. But, um, you know, the question is, are we there and are we a good receiver or not? You know, a lot, there's kind of an ongoing joke in the NFL and in football is if you can't catch the ball, if you're not a good receiver, then you have to play defense. And that's, that's pretty true. If you're a bad catch, you end up just defending the ball but, but not receiving it. We want to be a very good receiver. We don't want to be just somebody uh, who's in position but never receives those things. But we have the idea that God's going to come and put it in our hands and that we don't have to do anything with it. But faith takes possession. And you have, if you've watched any football at all, you kind of see in the end zone a lot of times where the wide receiver is going up to try and catch the ball. But in the same time, he's got a defender in his face wrapped around trying, trying to grab the ball himself. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just you know God's blessing and the receiver there's a devil that wants to get in the way, that wants to tell us we're not righteous, that wants to throw symptoms at us to say, no, you didn't catch that, yeah. Drop, and he wants you to drop the ball, even though we may have it. Many times at the altar, people will feel the anointing of God. They've received the power of God. The, the pass of God's blessing was on target. They even touched it. Yeah. But then before they even get out to the car, the devil's trying to knock it out of their hands so it doesn't count. And so they touch the ball. They almost had the score, the blessing, but the devil's there. And people, uh, I've watched people over the years, they feel like, well, if I'm in the family of God, it's automatic. No, it's not automatic. I have to take possession of it. Yeah. I have to be aggressive with my faith, not aggressive 
towards people necessarily, but aggressive towards the devil spiritually with my faith and stand up against this uh, guy that's trying to bully me out of the score, out of the blessing. And so it was such a great analogy, and I'd not thought about it until uh, yesterday. But it's one of those things where we want to make sure that we are receiving and being a good receiver and being in position and stop letting the devil bully us around. And so that's what we're talking about some more today and, and talking about make the catch. You know, take possession of that promise. Take possession yeah of the character and nature of God that he's released. And the issue is, what isn't, um, what blessings are not already passed to us? Everything in salvation is constantly in the air, aimed yeah. at us, and we have a right by our, with our faith to pull it out of the air and receive that blessing at any moment, every day, 24-7, we can pull on the intimate fellowship with God, we can pull on healing, <laughs> prosperity, protection, restoration, and deliverance, anything. And that pretty much covers anything in our lives. That's what's been released by God to the people who will receive it. And anybody who becomes a good receiver can grab a hold of that at any moment. But don't let the devil block you. We have to take possession. And that wording, that wording has really helped me even in the last few weeks. Take possession of it. Take possession. So then we that's what we talked about yesterday and kind of showed that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what did y'all think about that? What did you see? What stuck out to me um, was whenever you brought up the scripture, um, how the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro, seeking for someone yes. whose heart's pure towards him, someone who yeah. he can show, show himself strong. Yeah. And you, were, you equated it to the same analogy, like, what, what what do you do? Like, what do you see a quarterback doing? He's like, he's moving back and forth. Yes, he's looking yeah, for someone yeah. who's open, someone who who's paying attention, someone who's yeah. in the right in the right position, so that he can he can throw it to them. And uh, and uh, and what just came to me was the Ephesians one prayer. You know, when he says, "And the surpassing greatness of His power toward us." Yes. So the, yeah. it's directed towards us. He's looking towards us. He wants to get it to us. We just have to be in that position yeah. to take a hold yes. of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not an issue of if God can see us. Mm. It's not an issue of will he release yeah. it, yeah. right? It's not an issue of will it be on target or be at the right time. Yeah. None of that is the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is solely us, yeah. right? That if there's something in the way, it's are we receiving it, yeah. right? Yeah. Are we taking possession of yeah. what's already released, of what's already given out the great heart of God, yeah. what's already on target, you know? Yeah. Are we in position and are we taking possession of it to yeah. receive it? Yeah, one of the most powerful moments of your illustration yesterday for me was when you were on one side of the, um, like, uh, um, of the, um, where you preach. You're on one side of the... Um, Sanctuary. Sanctuary. <laughs> like, what's that area? Okay. It's like the altar or whatever, the sanctuary, though. You're on one side of the, the sanctuary. The big room place. <laughs> the place where it's empty <laughs> and there's no seats in front of the platform. Anyway, you're on one side of the sanctuary, and you took the ball, and you threw it to the other side of the sanctuary, <laughs> yeah. and it just hit the floor. You threw it, and it yeah. hit the floor. 
because no one was there to receive it. And you were saying his blessings are doing, they're, they're always being thrown. Yes. But if it hits the floor, it's because no one is standing there to receive it. And that helped me to see, oh, the times where I haven't received something, it's because I haven't been in the position to receive the ball that is being thrown. And I think that's where the lie has been so often is that it's not being thrown, but it is being thrown. It's are we there to take possession of it and catch it? That's right, yeah. Well, and that was, there were so many good analogies in in that big analogy, and that's one of the blessings of yesterday is how that came about. But if you haven't watched yesterday's broadcast or the service from Boomerang Church yesterday morning, go watch it because the the hand the hand of the Lord was on that on that message. Yeah. And we've been talking about receiving for quite some time. The Lord has told me like people are not receiving; they're not receiving. And it can be a positional thing. It can be uh, a taking possession of it thing that's not happening. Uh, it can be that they think that they don't have an enemy that's not going to try and you know steal it from them. But he he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But one of the things uh, one of the things I thought was neat was that as well. It's yeah. like we've got to be in position. And so you look at, for example, what is it? Psalm eighty-two, uh, thirteen, fourteen, where it says. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. So in other words, God, and then you see 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, but God has placed the members in the body just as he desires. So the issue, one of the issues that people are having is this, is that they actually have a place in the body of Christ. They have a place uh, submitted to a body in that field to create fruit for the kingdom of God. And they're not there. They're not planted there. They're where they're comfortable. They're where their job takes them. But they haven't actually gone after God and said, where do you want? One of the things I think is very important in this time and in this age is where where does our blessing stem from, right? Obviously, it stems from God. But it never says in the Bible that your job is where you will flourish and where, where you're source is, right? But it does say the body of Christ and the church, basically, the house of God is where you will flourish and you'll be nourished, right? So if we're looking at the Bible, then one of the things to be in that place and be in position is we've got to find what church has God planted us in to be a part of to produce fruit and get there and stay there and, and don't get out of position because you are designed to take nourishment from that place and that place only. Mm-hmm. That place only. There's only one place, and we want to find out what that is, and don't be biased of it. Don't don't give in to your flesh. Don't be comfortable, but be in position. Uh, but w- I'll tell you what was neat uh, on that. Do you have, did y'all have something on that? Did you have something? Okay. I thought you did for a second. So. Um, one of the things that was neat on that was I've had those notes talking about receiving for a month and a half. I've been trying to get to that message. But then yesterday morning, the interesting thing is about receiving the catch and, and making the catch and not dropping the ball. That came to me yesterday morning. And just so Buddy sent me a text. He said, what do you want the title to be for today? And we've been talking about receiving for, you know, three or four or five months now, just off and on, and like receiving, you know, but as soon as he sent me that text, the, the word of the Lord came to me, and it, and it said, don't drop the ball, 
And as soon as he said that, I got the picture of that analogy, which fit perfectly. Yeah. It fit perfectly with that, and it was such a great example. And that was just the mercy of God and the love of God to help us, help me communicate yeah. what I was trying yeah. to say and everything. Yeah. So that's why many times I'll say, listen, it's not that we need to figure it all out in our head and in our notes and everything. You study to show yourself approved, but we need a word from the Lord. Yeah. That word from the Lord really helped. I had more people walking up saying, I can see that, and yeah. I needed that. That's going to stick with me. Yeah. And that's and, the great thing about the Holy Spirit. And you know it was the Lord because it was a sports illustration and I got it. <laughs> it was, like, it, football has been it's the great most... great point. Like, I, some sports I've grasped. Football has been the one that I've understood the least. But even yeah. though it was football, like, it clicked. It, yeah. it totally made sense to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. That. I was just going to say one of the things uh, that stuck out to me the most in the message was when you said, God won't throw you a pass you can't catch. Yeah. That, that stuck out to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, if you couldn't catch it, he wouldn't be throwing it to yeah. you. So think about that in terms of the fullness of salvation. What part of fellowship, healing, prosperity, protection, deliverance, and restoration can't we catch? Because he's already released that. He's already released all of those to every person that will have it. Yeah. So if he's released them, we can catch them. That means we can have them. Which also, when you go into faith in, in Mark 11, excuse me, in Mark 11, 24, it says, believing that you have received it. That means to take it, to take possession. So our responsibility is with our faith to reach out and take that. That means it's within our grasp. Because if he told us to take something that was out of our grasp, right, that would be unjust. And he's yeah. not unjust. So we know that when he says to take it, he, we could take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big point. And just seeing that, was it's important for us to take responsibility. It's important for us to take responsibility for making the catch. Yeah, and I know what you were saying too, which was really good, was when the wide receiver catches the ball, yeah. they, their job not only is to catch the ball, their job is to then defend it and make hold sure, on to it. Hold on to it. Yes. Make sure it is not going to be grabbed because it is going to try. Someone is going to try Absolutely. to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's just such a responsibility, and it clicks, such a responsibility of, oh, it's my job to take possession of the ball. Like if I just yes. stand there and the ball hits me, like and I'm not doing my job. I'm just like bam. Like yeah. in the natural, if I'm not if I'm not taking it actively, aggressively, that's right. That's if right. it just hits me in the head or whatever, that's yes. I think what we've done so often is well, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it and not yeah. actually take any responsibility for it. But no, we take it and then also we defend it and make sure no, make sure the enemy doesn't take it back. It's such a great point. I mean, such a great point, and that's. That's one of the things that we see quite often is that uh, many times we're not taking that responsibility to grab it, hold on to it, and make sure that the enemy doesn't knock it out of our hands. We Many times, many, many times, we are just not grabbing that. We are waiting for God to do it, waiting for him to put it in our hands let him wrap our fingers around it. No, we've, our responsibility is to take that possession, make that catch, take possession of that promise. And it's so very important for us to do that. So, amen. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, great point. I just pictured a, a receipt, like a 
in an actual football game, a receiver like standing there, the ball hits him in the helmet, falls down, and he's like, I guess the quarterback didn't want me to catch it. <laughs> I guess he didn't want me to have it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, a exactly. silly, what a silly exactly. thing to do. But no that's word. what we've done <laughs> as Christians, and yet now, now it seems yeah. silly. Mm-hmm. No, I guess God didn't want me to be healed. No, that's not what was going on at all. Yeah. yeah. No, we you didn't take it. Yeah. You got to take that. No, it's mine. And when you take it, you actually move into a confidence over it. Like, no, this is mine. Yeah. The devil tries to, you know, it's like then the devil comes, like if a receiver had the ball and then the devil tries to come and knock it out of his hands because mm-hmm. he didn't have it held on too long enough. They don't count it as a score yet until they've got what they consider possession. They hold on to it long enough to show control, yeah. right? That's actually in the rules. They have yeah. to show possession, show control. Yeah. They have to make a move. After they catch it, they have to make a move. Uh, so that's part of you know football rules. I think they call it like you have to make a football move. It's kind of like I have to take possession and then I have to show works with it, right? Mm-hmm. And you see what, yeah. see what I'm saying? And so, but many times we're sitting there and, and we're not holding on to it. We haven't grabbed a hold of it. We're not holding on to it. The devil comes by. But when you got it, when you know, think about that receiver, when he catches that ball, even if he doesn't have it fully, you know, really, really strong yet, and the defender comes by and he's eyeing that ball, I'm like, I'm going to try and knock that thing out. The, the receiver is like, uh-uh. He tucks that thing in. He draws it close like you are not knocking this yeah. out. And that's the, that's the determination we have to get yeah. and the confidence. No, I have this promise of healing. Yeah. I have this promise of prosperity. Yeah. I have provision in yeah. Jesus' name. I have it. You're not taking it from me. Yeah. Yeah. So. And one thing it reminds me of is one sign, and you see it a lot with kids. Um, like if, if you give kids, if they play soccer for the very first time and they have no experience um, one sign of an immature player is not knowing which way they're going and also not paying attention to who their teammate is. Yeah. And I think it, it's so often, like, as Christians, we want to be respectful. We want to yield. Like, we're taught to be humble, be kind, all of these things. Right. But we've been using that with the wrong side. Like, we've been yes, yielding. Like that's it, right. In my, in my natural, it might be some, different for some people. Some people, in their nature, it is not to yield. It's not to, you know, they may be more of an aggressive type of person. I know for me, in my ditch, my ditch has been naturally to more so yield. Yeah. And that's something I've had to learn. To an attack. To, well, just to yield in general, yeah. like yield to, le- it can be a good thing, like yield to leadership or different things like that. Right. It's, it's a little bit it's somewhat natural to me. But the issue with that is I've yielded to the attack because I have been yielding to the wrong side. I've been right, yielding right. to the wrong team. And it's a great point. It's good to yield, but also we have to have that aggression in us to yeah. not, not be aggressive toward God, not be aggressive toward the body of Christ, but there has to be that aggression, yes. aggression to the works of the enemy. That's right. That's exactly right. And a lot of... A lot of times I think that we've overlooked the command to resist. You know, we just said, this is, this is how we're supposed to be. You know, this is what we're supposed to be. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not how we're supposed to be. We are, so, we are commanded to resist. We yield to God that says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So we yield to God, but we don't yield to the devil. You know, we don't yield. And you, you, we know he's going to come and try and uh, stop it. So what is, like thinking, going back to football, what is a, a running back or a receiver once they've caught the ball, right, and they're running towards the end zone? 
what are they doing to every defender that's coming to try and uh, coming trying to tackle them? They they yeah. give them the stiff arm, you know, the Heisman Trophy is that that stiff arm like that. It's like no, nah, you're not. I'm not even letting you get close enough to wrap your arms around me. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. knock you in the head, and you you're gonna fall to the ground. But you are not wrapping your arms around me to try and tackle me, right? And we've got to understand that and see that and operate in that function and uh, not yield. We don't yield to him. He's a murderer. He's a thief. He's a liar. I'm not yielding to him in any way. We've got to let that uh, victorious nature of Christ rise up in us against the enemy. Uh, We don't do that. Like you said, it's not towards God. It's not towards other believers in that way. But towards the enemy, it absolutely is that way and should be that way. But I've found that we've, as a society, uh, we've been taught to be passive towards anything in that way, and that's wrong. It's wrong. That is not the nature of that word right there. It is not the nature at all, and there's actually a lot of psychology behind all of that and how it plays out, not just in the spiritual, but in the the physical as well. And uh, the devil wants you to yield to everything. He wants us to yield to everything, and we should not give him the pleasure of that at all. It made me laugh, your um, example yesterday, um, along those lines of an attitude that's biblical, that in this way it's biblical, is you were talking about how if you're watching a game, um, you don't want the score to be close. Yeah. Like you want your team to demolish them because yeah. they're the enemy. And mm. and when you said that, I'm like, oh, oh, that's different. Okay. But I'm like, but I know that in godly terms that that is the right attitude. Yeah. There's a uh, many times we're sitting there and we're just like, okay, we just want to get by. No, no. First John three. Uh, First John. Uh, chapter 3 and verse 8 says this, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested to destroy yeah. the works of the enemy. Not play around with, not just get by, not just put a win you know, in the win column. No, to destroy yeah. the works of the enemy. Destroy them. Obliterate them. Mm-hmm. Like that's good godly speech, yeah. right? Yeah. I can be godly and I can obliterate them. Yeah, evil. <laughs> we obliterate evil yeah. and every work of the enemy. You know, every fiery dart is completely quenched, yeah. right? No evil, zero, yeah. absolute zero evil will befall me, yeah. right? This is, this is the absolute speech of God that we are to employ, and we can speak those absolutes because God spoke that. But we've been taught, like, you know, well, it'll be okay. Just keep going. Mm. Oh, that makes me mad just saying it. You know, it's like I just want want to just, you know, throw fist at that thinking. You know, oh, it's okay. Just keep going. You'll be okay. Legitimately, keep going in your trust with God, but come against the enemy, you know. Come against the enemy. So we're getting some feedback. Somewhere. I think it's the camera. Is they it? might I think not be able just, to hear it. Yeah, it's just coming in through our... Yeah. I think yeah. it's just our speaker. But anyway, we got to come against the enemy and um, make sure, yeah. make sure yeah. that we are not sitting there yielding to him. And, and uh, let, me, let me define yielding. If you're not destroying his works, you're yielding. Okay? 
If we are not destroying the works of the enemy, we're yielding. Put that in the comments. Yeah. So if we're not destroying the works of the enemy, which part of destroying the works of the enemy is making the catch, you know, yeah. receiving well, taking possession of yeah. the promise by faith. Yeah. Right? So think about this in um, uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is the substance, or the word there can be support. Uh, the substance, the makeup, or the support of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So before you see the manifestation, you will have faith. If you don't have faith, you'll never see the manifestation. But faith is the substance and support of things hoped for. So when you look at the word hope, you see that faith is the substance or the support of what will make you joyful. Faith is, because hope is joyful, confident expectation. Faith is the substance or support of what would make you joyful, not in a worldly joyfulness, but a godly joyfulness. So we're not just talking about you having your flesh fulfilled. Uh, we're talking about your spirit being fulfilled that's made the nature of God. Um, faith will be the substance and support of uh, what will give you confidence, right? Faith will be the substance and support of what would give you an expectation. So when you look at hope, it says the things hoped for. What Faith is the substance of things. So there's manifested things that we hope for. It's answers, it's solutions. Well, what are those in the Bible? Those things are the promises of God, the character of God or the nature of God, like he is a healer. Now, we have scriptures and promises of him being a healer and releasing healing, mm -hmm. but not only that, but it's his character and nature. He's a healer. Uh, you also have like he is our righteousness, okay? So if he's our righteousness, then that's a character of God that I can draw on to ha get my righteousness and walk out that righteousness. He's our banner, you know, he's, uh, he's our shepherd. So that's a character and nature of him. That's who he is all the time. I can put my faith in that yeah. and I will get the manifestation of that character and nature yeah. or promise of God. And so it's important for us, or the Word of God, you know, faith begins at the Word of God, or uh, the Word of His character and nature. So that's where faith begins, is with the Word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Yeah. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to take possession of something. It's the substance, it's the support of those things that will bring you hope, confidence, and expectation, <coughs> those things hoped for. So when we're receiving and overcoming the world with our faith, we have to have the word and we have to have the things hoped for. We don't just reach up and try to grab the air. We're not just grabbing nothing. No, there's a, there's a substance there in his word. And we're saying, I take that healing now. I'm the healed of the Lord. Yeah. You know, uh, think about this. I think people will get this. Watch, watch now. Many times we'll make this statement because as he is, so are we in this world. We are in Christ. That's a part of our inheritance. We are in Christ. And Christ isn't sick. Yeah. There's no sickness in heaven. And he's seated in heavenly places. And we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. He already carried those sins and sicknesses on the cross. 
it says that by his stripes we were healed. So we're not waiting on healing. Yeah. We already have healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And watch this. Our position actually in Christ is we're already healed. Now, if you find yourself in a fleshly world, in a physical world, sick or with the symptoms of sickness, what's happened is the devil has come to you through a corrupted world, and he said, hey, here's some symptoms of sickness. Here's some symptoms of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, but the issue is he's bringing that to a person who's already been healed, yeah. He's that's already been healed. So the only way that person takes that sickness is that they think that's normal, and they say, oh, man, I must be uh, allergy season. I must be getting sick. Yeah. Right? And what's happened is they've actually accepted with their own authority. They've dropped faith in who they were in Christ, and they take up what the world has told them is normal. Mm -hmm. So Brother Tracy, of course, has the statement, which I love, that says, uh, you know, it talks about, you know, my people are calling... Uh, normal, what I've called a curse. So sickness is a a part of the curse. It's not normal for the children of God because they're already healed. So one of the things that we see is when we go to apply faith for divine healing, uh, one of the statements that you can say from the Bible is, I am not the sick trying to get healed. I am the healed appropriating my healing. Or I am the healed enforcing my healing, right? Yeah. In other words, it's like when the, um, when the devil comes in and uh, he tries to, let's say you catch the ball and you're in the end zone, you, you score the touchdown, but then at the end, right after you catch it, the devil comes and tries to knock the ball out, out of your hands. Well, now you don't have the ball in your hands and it, and it looks like, and he goes, hey, he didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. No, that's when the coach, that's when you stand up and say, no, I had possession of it. I have it now. This is a done deal. The score is already on the board. It will not be reversed. And so you're standing up and enforcing the rules. You're enforcing uh, the letter of what Christ paid for. By his stripes, I was healed. I'm not waiting to be healed. I'm already healed. I already have this. And by faith, I take possession of it. By faith, I enforce this now. And when you do that, you're making the catch. You know, if you don't do that, the the devil will talk the referee into it. And a lot of times the referee is our mind. And what we know about the word is, do we know the rules of the game? Do we know who we are? Do we know what's happened to us? Do we know what's actually going on? And so what you see is that uh, we've got to enforce faith appropriates, which means takes it or enforces what's already done. Now, now watch this. So we're not, when we're feeling sick, we're, that's a symptom trying to get us out of position. Yeah. It's a symptom, like what you were saying there, that's a symptom trying to get us out of position. Right? So we're not the sick. The sick is out of position. I'm the healed. I'm in position. I'm the healed enforcing my healing. I'm not the sick trying to get to to another position. I'm already in position in Christ. In Christ, I'm already in position. I am the healed enforcing or appropriating that. Now watch this. With that same thing, I'm also the prosperous. Yeah. 
We are, you are not, you are not in poverty. If you're in Christ, you are not in poverty because Christ is not in poverty. You are already prosperous. You are already prosperous. I'm the prosperous in enforcing my prosperity. Yeah. I am I am in overflow. I'm appropriating my prosperity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the devil, you know, has the creditor give you a phone call or, or uh bills to pay coming up, you start to realize that's not who I am. Yeah. No, I'm the prosperous in Christ. Remember the verse, as he is, so are we in this world. Yeah. In yeah. this world. God's not having trouble paying bills. Yeah. And that's not who we are. Right, and so one of the things that you see is you're like, wait a minute, yeah, you and and see, we can apply this in business, we can apply this in investments, we can apply this as now we need to be obedient. If he tells us something to do, then it, then we do it, and if we don't do that, we might not walk in the fullness of the blessing that we could have walked in. So make sure that we're willing and obedient. We'll eat the good of the land. But at the same time, don't let the devil knock the ball out of your hands. You are the prosperous, and you have a right to the wisdom of God to prosper. You're already, all of that is yours. The ball is in the air. Make the catch, and don't let the devil strip it from you. Don't let the devil knock that out of your hands. No, I'm telling you now, if you're in Christ, you are the prosperous. You are the healed. You are the restored. I, I watch people, and they're like, if I could just get restored, if I could just get this, yeah. if I could just feel better, if I could just get out of these emotions. No. See, the issue is you're locating yourself out of position, and the devil has sold you a bill of goods, and you bought into it. No. You're already restored in yeah. him. You're already delivered in him. You're already protected in him. You already have fellowship with him. Yeah. Stop letting the devil get you out of position. Yeah. Appropriate those things in that fullness of salvation. Yeah. What what just came to me was uh, Hebrews chapter four. Cause, well, because I was thinking like, um, with the w- when Israel came up to Jer- Jericho, right? They saw the wall, and what a lot of people like what a lot of people with today's modern bad thinking would look at it and be like, oh, there's people there already. There's a massive wall. I guess the Lord doesn't want us to take it. Yes. Even if they have a word, even if the word says it, you know, like, oh, this looks like a closed door. Someone else is already living there. I guess we'll just wait for God to, uh, <laughs> to just wipe them out yeah. himself. But there was yeah. an instruction. And it, but, but you look, Israel kind of did a very similar thing 40 years earlier whenever they came up to the promised land. That's they right. saw it. They saw it, but they didn't take it. They, they basically said, uh, well, there's big people there. They're, they would eat yes. us up, so yeah. I don't think we can do it. And so bring into Hebrews chapter 4, and this is where, like, just the illustration connected. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, speaking of those people, it says, For indeed we have the good word preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard, basically the all that was thrown their way, it didn't profit them because because it wasn't united by faith. Yeah. So they didn't appropriate their faith to catch it. Yeah. They didn't bring the the unity of the word and their faith, yeah. they just let let it go past them. And they were like, well, these guys are big. I don't know if we can do it. And then they dropped the ball yeah. and had to wander yeah. for 40 years, didn't inherit the promise because of it. 
And one translation says they didn't mingle the word or the mm. promise with their faith. They didn't yeah. mingle them together. Yeah. They just let the word there and they left it sitting there, but they never took it yeah. with their faith. They never appropriated it. They yeah. never enforced it. They just left the word sitting there. Yeah. You just, you, you've got to yeah. put your faith together with it. Yeah. One thing I was, uh, as you were talking, that I saw that I've never really seen before is you're talking about it's already happened. We're yeah. enforcing yeah. it. And like with finances, for instance, if I if I had a bad confession, I, I understand we call things as are not as though they are, and I understand speaking things into existence. Right. Like I, I get that. You know, when you when you say something that goes against what the Bible says, it's like there on one hand it's hey, don't don't say that because you don't want to create that. You don't right. want to create that. And I understand that, like, don't do it for that reason. Right. What I never saw until just now is we shouldn't be saying those things because we're crossing our identity. Like, we're That's crossing right. who we actually already are. It's yes. it's like deforming our, who yes. God has made us to be. Like, if I were to say I was not created in the image of God, if I were yeah. tra- to try to defile myself in that way, it would be like, well, that's wrong. You're, you're de- like, or if I said, you know, I'm not going to heaven, even though I am, it'd be like, don't, like, it's blasphemous. Like, don't say it in that yeah, way. Yeah. Now, if I were to say I'm broke, it's the same thing. Like, yes, God has right. already called me that's blessed. Right. He's already called me prosperous. So not only is it a bad confession, but it's actually wrong because it's going against my godly nature. He's already directed that. He's already declared that those things. So for us to declare something contrary to that is to say God doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, is to say I don't receive that. And no wonder you have people that will that will be that way for quite some time. So, uh, you know, the New Testament shows us that we will be held accountable for every idle word. Right. And that word idle means unproductive. It means unproductive. So that means when we say I'm broke, that's an unproductive word. If anything, it's not, it's even the opposite of productive, yeah. you know, the opposite of productivity in the kingdom. It's going backwards in that. It's it's undeclaring something God declared over me. So it's not being productive. It's like anti-productive yeah. in that way. Well, obviously, these are things we'll be held accountable for. And uh, you see in Deuteronomy 30, 19, you know, just paraphrasing, not teaching on it today, but you see in that passage that heaven and earth is already pre-programmed by God uh, to respond to our choice. They will give a witness to what we choose. And if we choose with our words, if we choose with our uh, actions that we are not prosperous, that we are not healed, that we are uh, not the children of God with an inheritance. Heaven and earth will respond to that choice. That's why he says right there, death and life. Yeah. Death and life. Choose life. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. uh, it's the past is thrown. Don't choose to let it hit the ground. Yeah. Choose to catch it and receive it, and don't let the devil steal it from you. You yeah. see? Choose life. He tells. I love you know the fact that he tells us you know if you don't know which one to choose out of death and life, life is the one you want. You know if if you miss that point, choose life. You know I set before you this day death and life. Choose life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Probably needed probably needed a reminder of that. So. 
Yep. But the thing is, many times, how many times are we choosing death? Death is basically a lack of life. It's a lack of the fullness of life. That's the beginning of death. That's why the wages of sin is death. Because the wages because sin carries with it wages. It carries with it a payment. And that payment is you're going to instantly move. As soon as you sin, you're going to instantly move into a place of lack. And that's yeah. the beginning of death in, yeah. the, in that scenario. So that's why we need to repent, get out of that as quickly as possible. Don't, don't do that in the first place because God wants us. You know, the devil comes, John 10, 10. The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, that I am come that you might have and enjoy the the Greek word zoe life, right? Yeah. Which is a, a overflow of life in every arena of life, health, finances, peace, mercy, grace, every arena that you might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. That's why Jesus came. That's why these things are in this word. That's why, you know, all the, all the Lord had to do if he wanted to keep us out of him is not put them in the Bible, but he put them in the Bible. He put them in there for a reason. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> like, why would he tell you that he wants you to be the lender and not the borrower? Why would he Why would he tell you? You know, he's not telling you that you can't ever, 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 ever borrow. He's saying, but I'd rather have you be the lender. So put faith towards being the lender. If you found yourself in debt, believe God to get you out of debt, and now start being the lender, right? Believe because that's who you are in Christ. Do you think that Jesus is the borrower? No, he's he's the lender. Yeah, He's the one in overflow, and as, as he is, so are we in this world. So let's appropriate who we already are in our position, right? Yeah. But not just with finances, with health, with with our peace, with mercy, with restoration, protection, deliverance, all of these things. Even when we talked about this last week, uh, even with our relationship with God, we're not outside of him, we're in him. So why, when we need help, can we not come to him? That's a part of our position. So one of the ways the devil you know, blocks the catch is he'll tell you you're not worthy. You can't even approach him. So you go on in Hebrews 4 where you're at. Mingle faith with what he's given us uh, to be, what position he's already given us. One of those positions is at the end of Hebrews 4, we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find help and mercy in time of need, not when we have it all together. Yeah. I really appreciate you bringing up the choose life and death because I think so often we'll look at our bank account and we look at something and we're like, yes. I'm not choosing. This is just happening to me. This is just the way it is. I'm not choosing to be broke. It's just, you know, I, I am broke. But yep. the issue is that God's already said in the word that we're blessed. So if I say I'm broke, I'm choosing to That's go against right. what he said. Well, he says in that verse, uh, choose, you know, set before you life and death, choose life. But then over in Proverbs, it says uh, death and life. All right, so there's the connection. Death or life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. So if we start confessing that's what that's who we are, that's what we're going to be. One of the statements I, I, I really despise is it, it is what it is. No, yeah. no. It is what it is maybe right now, but it can change because when you say that, you're saying I just accept how it is. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how, that's not biblical. Yeah. It's not biblical at all. You don't just accept how it is. You don't just accept how you feel. Well, I just feel this way. This is who I am. 
it is what it is. No, that all of that attitude. No, that is contrary to yeah. how he talks about yeah. you as contrary to how he tells us what to do, yeah. completely contrary to all of that. Well, why would he place us in the world to just for us to say it is what it is? Well, and, and why would he tell us to choose life? Yeah. Like when he said choose life, he was saying don't choose how it has been. Yeah. He's saying choose a different path, and right. it's up to you to choose it, and I will cause heaven and earth to give a witness of your choice. A witness yeah. means I will cause heaven and earth to manifest what you choose, yeah. right? Now, what you choose according to the word, yeah. according to the word. So, I, you know, these are things and, and thought processes that the devil has concocted through some psychology and how we were raised so that when we're in the air looking at that blessing and that pass, he just knocks it out of the air. But see, he can't even do that. He, he doesn't have the right to do it if we know who we are and what this word says, that pass always connects. If we'll, if we'll apply the word, yeah. he can't stop it. He can't knock it out of our hands. And No, we will have, he's always leading us to triumph in Christ. And manifesting through us the blessing. He's manifesting the catch. He's manifesting that catch of blessings. Yeah. In the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. So the more we know about him and the more we walk with him, the more we're going to catch all of these blessings. And then God's saying, look, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for whoever can catch the best because I know that person will get my glory into the world. So I want to be a good receiver. I want to be a good catcher of the blessings of God. Yeah. That's actually our job. That's why it says in Second Chronicles, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to see whose heart is pure towards him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Yeah. He's looking for people that know him, that know his good nature, that know his good heart, that know how to receive from him. They, he, he's looking for those people. I love Daniel 12, 3, where it says, uh, those that know him will do exploits. I love that. Those that know him. So see, we've got to know him. Remember what Paul prayed in the Ephesians prayer. You said towards us who believe. The Ephesians prayer says, I pray that your eyes will be open to who, basically who he is and what he's given to you. That you would know him. That you would have revelation of who he is. The depth and the, the width and the, the grand nature of God and what he's given to you. The inheritance he's made available to every believer. Yeah. And then you see in the knowledge of him in Second Peter uh, 1, you see that as we go in the knowledge of him and we get knowledge and revelation of who he is, what are we getting right there? We're getting the word. And the more word we get in, the more we can take possession of it with yeah. our faith. The more word we get in, the more we can take possession of it with our faith. Put that in the comments. That's definitely one I want in a graphic is the more word we get in us, the more we can take possession of with our faith. The more word we get in us, the more we can take possession of with our faith. Yeah. This revelation, we've got to get us. The more revelation of the word, that's a better way to say it. The more revelation of the word that we get in us, the more we can take possession with our faith. And we, and we have a responsibility to do that and not just sit idle, not just wait for God to, you know, blow it out of us, you know. Just uh, that's so many times what, so many times what people are doing. They're just waiting. 
They're waiting, 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 like God's going to do it. If God was going to do that, he'd already done it. He'd already done it. Well, he's waiting on me to get uh, to get uh, more strong and get more revelation in my soul. You know, um, 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in strength, uh, be in health, even as your soul prospers. He's just waiting on me for my soul to prosper. Okay, we're giving that soul prospering right now. And what he said to do in your soul prospering is to take it. Not wait on it, take it. Yeah. Now, you don't just go take anything. You take the word. Yeah. You take the promise, right? So if he's made a promise to you and it's available now and the Bible shows us that, then get a revelation of it and take possession of it. Like that's, that's, who's, going to be, that's who's going to be blessed. Remember what, um, you know, he tells us, occupy till I come. That's a, that's a uh, continuous action. Right? That's a continuing action. It's not sitting still. It's not waiting. It's not sitting back. It's taking what's in your hand, and you are breaking it with faith. I'm taking what I got, and I'm breaking it with my faith, expecting for a multiplication. I'm taking what I have. I'm breaking it with my faith. I'm breaking it with my faith. I'm breaking it with my faith, and I will not leave it alone. So that's what y'all have seen here in this ministry. Like everything, everything the Lord gives us, we just take it and we utilize it. We put it, we put it to work. We're putting everything we have to work. We're putting every person to work. We're putting every moment to work. We're we're breaking that with our faith, expecting for God to multiply. We're breaking it with our faith. We're we're putting every dime to to work. We're putting every offering to work to win souls and make disciples. We're putting every bit of it to work. We will not sit idle. We're putting it to work. We're putting it to work. We're putting it to work. And God does that work. He brings that blessing and multiplies it just like he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. Uh, but we that's making the catch. You know, making the catch is putting those things to work. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it. And we've just begun. Like, I feel like we're just getting going. Yeah. You know, some people are like, wow, look at that. I mean, I have some people, I'll go some places, they'll be like, man, y'all are doing awesome. I'm thinking, shoot, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We barely, we barely, like we're, we just came out of the starting blocks on, in the race, you know. We just barely getting started. We just put up our, we just hung our first six points touchdown on the devil. Just the first one, we're about to run up the score, yeah. you know. We're going to destroy this, this other team. We're yeah. going to destroy it in Jesus' name. <laughs> in Jesus' name. That's that's it. Glory to God. <laughs> Do you receive that? Yeah. Do you receive it for yourself and for this team? Do you receive it for this ministry and for yourself personally? God has given you all of his blessings. They are hanging in the air. He's passed them to you. Start taking possession of them. Every promise that he's ever given you, take possession with your faith. Make the catch. Amen. Y'all got anything else to add to that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you, did you get something out of it? Kevin said, I love these football analogies. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought you would. Well, Father, right now, we just yield ourselves to you. We resist the devil, and he must flee. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We give you all of the glory and all of the honor. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank 
chamu ko prani adu ko bleka ha bosumba biyatanu prani ha kedede be kalosto prangurma ariatenia o papesto prakadin thank you father for your goodness and your mercy thank you lord for bringing people out thank you father for your overflow thank you lord for what you're leading us to and leading us through Thank you, Lord, we're coming down with the catch of your blessings. Thank you, Lord, we won't let it go. Thank you, Father, we're appropriating your blessing. Thank you, Lord, we're enforcing these things on the devil. Thank you, Lord, that we're planted where we need to be. Thank you, Father, that we are destroying the works of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, that the blessing is at play. Thank you, Lord, you're giving us more and more each and every day. Every step is brighter and brighter. Every load becomes lighter and lighter. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing for us today. We praise you and we worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just thank him. You see, in your thanksgiving, you can start to receive the catch right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for opening the door to the Father. Thank you, Father, for your everlasting love, not leaving us alone, but giving us every promise, throwing your blessings at us every day, every hour, every minute, every second, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's always a blessing for us. We praise you and we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Glory. Glory to God. Just praise him. Thank you, Lord. You're turning things. We're winning this game. We're scoring. Yeah, we're receiving the blessing. Just say it with me and say, Lord, I receive the blessing. I catch it. I take possession of it with my faith. I will not let it go. I have it now. I will not be denied. Devil, I resist you. You can't win. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you receive that? If you do, put it in the comments. Say, I receive that today. I receive it today. (laughs) Hannah Sittler said, let's tackle pile the devil. Amen. (laughs) Jump on. Yep. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Greg said, thank you, Lord. That's right. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Amen. We just receive that. Thank you, Lord. We receive it today. We praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad. I hope you got so much out of that. And uh, we praise God for you. Uh, make, make sure, listen, we are on the verge of passing the 300 subscribers. And uh, make sure that you help us get there. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe us. Tell other people about it to get over that 300. And uh, we're moving on. We're believing God for over 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We're taking that by, with our faith. And we believe that's a word that he's given us. And so we're taking that. We're taking possession of that by our faith. Why? 
because by having that, it actually helps us get the good news out there more and more to the people uh, that may need it. There's people that need to hear this word. They need to hear it on a regular basis, and they're not able to yet because they don't know about us. By doing that, it helps people to know about that, get that word, and be blessed like you are. So actually, when you sow seed as well at uh, giveww.org, all of that helps to get the word out there, and we appreciate it so very much. Uh, You do not have to pay for this broadcast. That is not the point at all. Uh, We sow this into the world every day at our own expense. We decided to do it a long time ago, but if you would like to be a partner with us and you would like to help us get that word out there, you can do that at giveww.org. All the stuff, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, give one time or give on a regular basis to help that. And if you would like to do that and partner with us, the Bible makes promises to that. He says, if you will partner, he gives us the example and the precedent, if you will partner with my ministries and my ministers, the grace that's on them to get that ministry done will come into your life and on your life. That's a promise. You see it very specifically In Philippians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 4, you see those promises there. And so we just pray right now that everybody that's giving and partnering with us in prayer and in sharing the broadcast, commenting, anything that they're doing, we pray right now, Lord, let your grace that's on us come on them and manifest in their lives. Lord, in whatever area it is, let it start manifesting. Let that grace Knock back every bit of darkness, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let their, let their seed turn into a harvest in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we love you. Share the broadcast. Like, subscribe. Help us get uh, where we're going with those subscribers. We love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow at 11.30 on Lunch Plus, and here's Barrett to wrap it up. Thanks for being on with us today. Make sure that you sign up, not just on YouTube. Make sure that you go to whatsright.com and then fill out the information so that way as things happen here in the ministry, you stay up to date with the most recent things that are happening because God is moving in this ministry. We're just getting started, but it's full steam ahead. And one of those things that's happening this weekend is Boomerang Church is having our Easter egg hunt this Saturday here at the church grounds. It's going to be phenomenal. It's for everybody. We want to invite you, your family, the kids attached to your family, like just come hang out with us. It's going to be great. We have three different egg hunts. We're going to have games. We'll have cotton candy. Marky is like cotton candy maker extraordinaire. And by maker extraordinaire, I mean she can make it the size of your head or bigger. And let's see if she can make shapes this time. It'll be great. Popcorn, just good family fun. And then this Sunday is Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. We're so excited to celebrate Truly, it's not a hyped thing at all. It's we get to come together and celebrate the fact that our Savior is alive, is risen, and has given authority and power back to us. So come be a part of our celebration service this Sunday at 10 a.m. if you do not have a church home that you are planted in already. But 
before that. We're going to be back tomorrow at 11.30 live here on What's Right on the Brian Wright YouTube channel. So make sure that you are notified when we go live because we're going live in less than 24 hours. We'll see you there tomorrow.